Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployments, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life-ready. In our podcast, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. So we want to thank HEV for making today's podcast possible. HEV makes it a priority to get involved and make a difference in the lives of friends and neighbors. HEV Operation Appreciation is a company-wide campaign created to honor the brave men and women of the U.S. Armed Forces. Men and women who are HEB partners and customers, friends, and family. Operation Appreciation partners with organizations like us, the Military Child Education Coalition that supports U.S. troops and their families. In contributing time, talent, and financial support, HEB recognizes and appreciates the dedication and sacrifices service members make on behalf of the nation. So for our listeners in Texas, check out one of your neighborhood HEB grocery stores. And HEB, thank you for sponsoring this podcast for the sake of the child. Welcome everyone to our MSEC podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Tina Barber. I'm an MSEC military student transition consultant or an MSTC here in Sharp Cibolo Independent School District in Texas. Today, I will be your host for our episode that deals with the age old dilemma that faces so many military families when it comes to high school for their children. High school is typically four years in length and the military rarely enables families to stay anywhere for four years. You want what's best for your student to be competitive for college, but you also have to be faithful to your commitment to the armed forces. So today we have a very exciting option to talk about with a family who faced this dilemma in a unique way, and they decided to help others with that option. Today, we're gonna talk with retired Navy family, Francis and Lisa Molinari, joined together with Eric and Krista Peterson, who formed Orion Military Scholarships. Orion Military Scholarships create opportunities for eligible children of active duty military personnel to attend select U.S. boarding schools. And yes, I said boarding schools, and that's in a good way. So I am so glad to have the four of you. There's a lot of voices here today. So what I'd like to do is uh, have each of you tell a little bit about yourself. So Eric and Krista, if you'd like to start and tell us a little bit about who you are and your background and what brought you to Orion. Sure. Thank you, Tina. And thank you to MSEC for having us on the podcast. We're really thrilled to be here uh, and thrilled to share a little bit of information about Orion with your listeners out there. So my name is Eric Peterson. I'm the president of the Orion Military Scholarship Fund, which is the sponsoring entity for the Orion Military Scholarships. And I have spent most of the last 30 years in education, although I was an attorney by training uh, and then spent some time in the business world as well. But most of our work, both Krista and mine, uh, has been in schools, some of them independent day schools, but a good part of it in boarding schools as well. I actually went to public schools all the way through the 10th grade and then went away to boarding school to finish high school in the 11th and 12th grade. And for me personally, it was a transformative experience. And that's ultimately what led me back to working in schools. I've been everything from a classroom teacher to a coach, to an advisor, to a dorm parent, to a dean, to an assistant headmaster, and then spent most recently 13 years as the headmaster of a co-ed boarding school in Rhode Island, which was where we met the Molinari family. That was St. George's School in, in New 
Newport, Rhode Island. Growing up, military service was very much a part of my family's life. Uh, my father was an army officer, and then my brother served in the army as an officer as well. And so, though I did not serve in the military, it was certainly a part of our family's life. And when we got to St. George's, we launched a program that ultimately has evolved over time to become Orion. I can talk more about that later. Great. Thank you. Thank you, Tina. It's great to be here. I uh, have spent the last 30 years working in independent schools, and as Eric said, combination of both boarding and day. I grew up in Buffalo. Two of my sisters are married to heads of schools at boarding schools, which we've never been able to figure that DNA out. They have terrible taste in men. <laughs> <laughs> but education certainly is a topic at many family gatherings. We have three sons who are now you know, young men, our youngest is a rising senior in college. Most of my career has been spent in admissions at boarding schools. I have also done college counseling and sort of bookending my career, I have worked as an educational consultant. So working with families, um, which I'm currently doing, helping them go through and navigate the process of applying to boarding schools and colleges. Oh, that's wonderful. Great. Oh, Thank and you. Uh, one more note. Uh, my father was also in the 10th Mountain Division. Oh, wow. Francis and Lisa are Navy family. I'm Lisa. I'm the military spouse. Francis was active duty for 28 years. So for all of our marriage, I was a Navy spouse. Like Eric, I trained to be an attorney. I was a litigator when I met Francis. But as many military spouses have experienced, you know, I had to get creative moving every two to three years. So my career evolved over time. And I did spend a lot of time just at home or in our various duty stations with our three kids. So at some point I started writing about 10 years ago. And that's the direction that I took when we were stationed in Germany, you know, in, live in stairwell housing. How do I have a career, you know, living on patch barracks, right? So I started writing at some point and I am now the military spouse columnist for Stars and Stripes. I also just recently published a book. So very involved in military life, entrenched in it. And now I write about it, which, which feels really good. And then to have this happen that, you know, I'm now the you know, VP of operations for this uh, military scholarship fund. It's just been a really cool turn of events. Even though I'm not an attorney anymore, I got to do all kinds of fun things. So that's me in a nutshell. That's it's a great military spouse story. I love it. All right. Well, hi, Tina. Yeah, good afternoon. And, and thanks again. Look, before I get going, I just want to piggyback on something that Eric said. You know, the Orion leadership team is just so grateful and thankful for MSEC and for recognizing the value in the Orion program that we're about to talk about a little bit and to, and to offer to serve as a platform for us to trumpet and champion just a wonderful message associated with, with our mission here. Just a little bit of background about me. As Lisa said, a 28-year career naval intelligence professional. I can tell you up front, I never plan on making it a career. I thought I'd do the seven years and get out, and I think that that's true for, for many, many um, folks that are in the military or have been in the military. I can tell you, I loved every day of it. And that's why I kept coming back for more. And every day represented a challenge. I learned something new, but most importantly, it was the people that I was working with, right? And large mm -hmm. part of, of like mind, of like ethos, of like sense of service before self. I just felt at home there. And so 28 years later, you know, it was a sad day, but a joyous one at the same time when we approached our retirement just a few years ago. 
So that was four years ago. I finished up here in Newport, right? That's that's how we met the Petersons. And uh, I was at the Naval War College. I was the deputy commander of, of the college before retirement. Since that time, I've since joined a global bank and work in cybersecurity. Just a little bit about our family, too. Um, mm-hmm. We have three kids, a son and two daughters. We moved 11 times. Not unusual for a military family. Our son went to three separate high schools. Yeah. Right? And I'm sure many, many, many of our listeners can relate to that. And that's just one aspect. Just give you a peek of, of what is so unique and, and, and special about Orion, right? It's the stability it offers to military families. So, so again, thanks for having us. And we're just excited to talk to you today. Oh, absolutely. We're so excited for what you bring to the table. So our first question, I'd really like to go to Eric and to Lisa. I'd like to ask you both, Orion Military Scholarships, it's a brand new nonprofit. What prompted you to start this organization? That's a great question. So let me go back to the real sort of roots and genesis of Orion, and then we can talk a little bit about how it emerged in the form that it, it has. Orion, the, the, the idea behind the program, the concept behind this, um, actually goes back to about probably 2009 or 10. And the idea came to me when we were working at St. George's that the school's mission put a premium on graduates leading lives of service to the larger world. And Mm -hmm. as we were approaching the 10th anniversary of 9-11, and myself being very cognizant of the sacrifices that so many military families had been asked to make, had voluntarily made, and then had continued to make over those preceding 10 years, I felt like rolling out a program that supported those families in a very specific way would be a worthy way to recognize the sacrifices of that 10-year mark after 9-11. So we rolled out the program, raised some money to help fund it, and then ran what was essentially the pilot program for what's become Orion for almost 10 years while we were at St. George's. And Mm -hmm. it was hugely successful. In part, it brought families like the Molinaris to the school and their kids and a whole host of other kids as well. So what began as an effort to both align the mission of boarding schools and the service of military families then became a very successful pilot program. And then when we left St. George's about three years ago, we reconnected with the Molinaris with the idea that the success of the experience there could be amplified and expanded to serve a great many students at a great many schools, not just one particular school. And it was under the aegis of that initial pilot program that you know the Molinaris came to the school. And that was just further proof of what a, what a success the idea could be. Well, that's awesome. Lisa. So we were stationed in Florida and Francis got orders to the Naval War College in Newport, Rhode Island. Here we go. Another move. Right. Mm -hmm. And at the time, our three kids, our son was going to move at the end of his junior year. Our other daughter was moving at the end of her freshman year. And then our other child was in middle school looking at one one year of middle school up in Rhode, Rhode Island. So I did what I always do, like we always do as military spouses. We look up all the schools. We look up where we're going to live. You know the yep. rigmarole. We do it every oh, time. Yeah. So I did all that. But, of course, I didn't look at boarding schools. Why would I do that? Our kids had attended public schools their whole lives. I had attended public school. My husband went to a private school, but but never boarding school. So that was just way out of any realm that we were ever part of. So, of course, I didn't had no idea there were even boarding schools in Rhode Island. Right. So we came up here on house hunting leave, took a long weekend and flew up and we went and saw all the public schools. There was just a huge disparity in where our kids would be coming in. They, you know, they're, for example, our son had already completed the math level. They weren't going to have anything for right. them. 
you know, those kind of things were going on. They didn't have a particular right. sport that our kid was into or a uh, class. Our son was actually in the International Baccalaureate program, and they, they had none of that here. We couldn't right. continue it. So I was really bummed out and disappointed. We were driving around this beautiful island here and um, Aquidneck Island, which is part of Rhode Island. We were headed toward a beach just to go look at the beach. Let's just comfort ourselves with the view. And right. we drove past this, this, these big stone gates and this long tree lines road. And I, and I look and I said, honey, what is that? Looks like some old, like in the movies, like an old boarding school or something. Well, we go back to the base hotel, the Navy Lodge, and I Google it. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And I said, honey, oh, my God, look at how much this costs. It's ridiculous. We were kind of chuckling about it, but I saw on the admission site, it said, please inquire no matter what your financial abilities are. We have programs, you know, and I'm like, right. I'm going to send them an email. And what did you say, Francis? I, I told her, hey, look, there's a good movie on. I just opened a bottle of wine. Yeah. You're wasting your you're time. You're nuts, right? You're, you're, yeah. you're just going to be, you set yourself up for disappointment. Absolutely. So right. I sent the email, like, like many times in our marriage, I didn't listen to his advice. And I went ahead and I sent the email. And at 8 o'clock the next morning, the admissions director at St. George's called and said, we want you to come in. We have a military scholarship. It had just begun the year prior. It was like this gift that sort of fell in our laps. We, wow. we had no idea that this was a possibility for our kids. And we went down that tree-lined street toward the red door and where our mouths were just agape that this was an opportunity. And our daughter did get accepted. And then our third child was also accepted two years later to the program and both were military scholars at St. George's. It was a program like no other in the country. And it was, it was literally life changing for all of us and opened our eyes to educational possibilities that we didn't know had existed. So yeah. that's how we came into the, the boarding school realm. Yeah. If I can just add one thing quickly, and Absolutely. that is something that Lisa just said is, look, it was a wonderful opportunity for the girls, surely, but it was, it really impacted in a very positive way, our whole family, right? And I, right. in many respects, it, it changed the trajectory as not only of our girls, but of us as a family as well. And 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 that is really, I mean, it put the fire in our belly from, for, you know, from Lisa and my perspective, this has got to be shared. You know, this is, right. just, this has got to be shared. And, and so all of this was the brainchild of Eric and Krista, right? It was right. the first program of its kind in the country. So that's what, prompted us to partner and to co-found Orion. Any way you look at it, from our perspective, it's nothing but a good news story. So. I love this. And Lisa, I can so relate being a military spouse, that whole moving and what do we as moms do, or, or even the dads, you're trying to find that school. And that is so much a part of what that is. And I can feel for you sitting in the hotel room and all of that and just grasping, but then seeing that opportunity. I have Googled so many things and my husband's saying thing, oh, don't do that. And I'm like, no, wait, wait, I can do this. And we as military spouses, I think we're so resilient. We just get in there and we get going. It's like, I'm not even on the ground yet, but I'm making myself into that moment for my kids. As a military spouse, because you move so much, it impacts your employment, your career. So yes. you become so focused on getting it right for your family and home life. And I, I remember being so focused on if I just get the schools right, everything else will fall into place. Right. And because that determined where you would live, you know, because yep. if it was a public school, it would determine where you were going to live. So Absolutely. that became my main focus every time. And this just 
it was like taking all that worry and wiping it away. It was it was such a a really cool turn of events that this boarding school opportunity fell in our lap in that way. If I had never sent that email, we wouldn't have known anything about it. So that's how it all started. And I just I love this because what you're going through is not just you. It is every military spouse, regardless, male, female. It is. And a lot of times it's getting those kids right. And that's why MSEC is here. It is about the education of our kids and the military is big on, you know, I'm army. So we're every two years we're moving and that doesn't set itself up for the kids. And so that's where I really and I know being military spouses and those listening, it's that you want the kids right first. And what I hope this does is open up new possibilities that people hadn't thought of. And what our audience might not know is my daughter goes to a boarding school and I have a story very, very similar to Lisa. So that's what anybody that's listening and you are, you have a move coming up or something going on, or you have kids going into high school. I really hope you're listening very carefully. Please stay through the rest of this broadcast to really hear how this pans out because there's hope for so long. So many spouses have said, what do we do about high school? We have senior stabilization for a reason because the military knows that senior year is so important but also people the trajectory of their career usually by the time you have a kid that's a senior senior stabilization usually is not something it's usually either your career or the kid's education and that is such a hard decision that's put pressure on a family that is is so hard and so this opens up some possibilities to where the, the, the military member can say, wow, I might be able to take that tough job over there and my kid's going to be okay. And actually, what we all know is they can be better than okay. All right. So, and one of the things that, that we were talking before we started recording, and um, a lot of people have some preconceived ideas about boarding schools. And um, I've experienced this because my daughter is now in her first year of boarding school. And when I tell people I'm a Texas girl and everybody's like, what'd she do? Are you making that much money in the military? It's like, no, you can go online and see how much money we make. No, we're not wealthy. And she didn't do anything wrong. She's a great kid. But we just had an opportunity being a military family to come into contact with something like Lisa. We were down and and a recruiter, an admissions rep came to my daughter's school. And that's how we found. Otherwise, it would never even. And people do ask, how do you pay for it? And what did she do wrong? So I want y'all to help everybody here get over the stigma of boarding school. So tell us, why do you think it's a good fit for military families? I'd like uh, the ladies in the room, Krista and Lisa, if you could please tell us why you feel this is a good fit for military families. Sure. I'll start with this. My role is the vice president for education. And to be clear, most of these boarding schools were founded 100 plus years ago for primarily wealthy white men. And over the course of the past hundred years, most of the schools in the 60s and 70s went co-ed and integrated. Some did it better than others. And most of them today are really diverse communities. They have families from all sorts of socioeconomic, families from across the country, international families, And that's been a real priority for many of these schools to have a diverse faculty as well. So those students have mentors in their lives. Um, Having spent very little time on a military base, but having spent a lot of time with Lisa and Francis, I think that there are a lot of similarities between a military base 
and a boarding school community. You know, we raised our children on a boarding school campus and lots of people helped us raise our kids. And our kids were able to be in our professional lives. Um, they were on the sidelines of the football games while Eric was coaching. And it's a very unique and special community. And so I think for parents, as you have experienced, Tina, I've always said to families as they start the process, and I'm often the first person they meet because they come in for their interview and their tour, and some of these families are struggling. It's not just military families that are going to be, you know, having a hard time sort of understanding, is my child going to be safe? Are they going to be well cared for? And I said, actually, in a boarding school, I always say the kids kind of walk around with a backpack of about 10 adults in their lives. So you have your five teachers that you see almost every day. You have your advisor who sort of becomes their Mm -hmm. biggest supporter, the parents, you know, first point of reference or contact if they feel like their child is struggling. You have two or three dorm parents and a coach. Mm -hmm. And these are people that see your child every day. And it's a very tight knit community and they share a common goal and purpose. And by the time the families are graduating, I can't tell you how many hundreds of times did the parents hug us goodbye, crying, saying, we are so sad to be leaving here. This has impacted our family in ways that we never imagined. And we've made tremendous friends with our kids' parents. And it's, it really is, is, as Lisa and Francis have you know mentioned, it, it, it's transformative for the entire family. Piggyback on that because, you know, you mentioned preconceived notions and we had all of them. I thought that boarding schools were for only for rich kids. I thought they were sent there to get rid of them because the parents just didn't want to be bothered and, or that they did something wrong. You know, like you mentioned before, I, I knew all, I thought all those things. The thing is, our eyes were completely opened to the fact that none of that is true. One of the cool things that I really like, well, I got to know some of the other parents. Francis and I were head of the parent committee at St. George's for three years, I think. And so we got to know a lot of these parents. And mm-hmm. I thought they were just shuffling their kids off to boarding school so they could go, you know, uh, play golf. But in reality, a lot of those parents had had boarding school experiences themselves And they were fulfilled and enriched and didn't want their kids to miss out on that. They loved their boarding school experiences because it's such an intense life experience and so many opportunities and so much just social camaraderie. In the military, we're all about camaraderie. And I found that that was a parallel with boarding schools is for the kids anyway, they had just such strong bonds with faculty, advisors, they eat meals together. They, you know, spend a lot. They're not just going to school from 8.30 in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon. It's a lifestyle. And it it was so enriching for our kids. And and the other aspect for boarding schools that would be a great thing for military families, a huge bonus, is that because military families go to so many different places and we move so much, Mm -hmm. our educational levels are all over the place. Yes. And we're never guaranteed that, that it will match up whenever we go to the next school. And also going to a lot of public schools, we had great programs in public school. But if you had a, a really particular interest 
public schools just can't, don't have the resources to entertain every particular interest. Their budgets right. are limited in that respect. And our daughter, Anna, has been obsessed with fashion design her entire life. We went to St. George's and I said, well, honey, you know, because nowhere else could she ever entertain that. It was just something she did in her spare time. At St. George's, they said, sure, we want to know you. We want to know your particular interests. They gave her a fashion column in the school newspaper called The Dragon Wears Prada. They became the very first costume designer for the high school theater productions. She had a staff and a budget by the time her schooling was ended there. And she was awarded for her artistic talent. She was recognized for that. And so she became known as a child with this special interest. And the school, because of its resources, was able to entertain that interest. Our our other daughter, Lily, had an interest in racket sports that she couldn't always pursue. And not only was she able to pursue tennis, which she always wanted to do at St. George's, Mm -hmm. but squash became an option, which is really unusual. But these schools have all these sports. And I mean, she probably could have come in and said, I'm really interested in fencing. They didn't have fencing at St. George's, but knowing those kinds of schools, they could say, well, we know a a program for people, kids interested in fencing and they'll make it happen for them. So Lily was able to start squash as a beginner and she ended up competing in squash in college. So being on a varsity team in college for squash. So it opens so many doors like that, that public education or, or some of the other private schools just couldn't do for military kids. And it meets them on their level, their academic level, their interest level. So in that way, we were so wrong about boarding schools coming to the, into this about preconceived notions. And it was a hugely positive eye-opening experience for us. And just to, to round that circle, the one thing I want to add is, I mean, if, if, if our kids are any markers, right, the boarding school experience really postured them and set them up for success going to college, right? Right. And I went on to study fashion at, um, Syracuse. at, at Syracuse. Lily went on to play, you know, varsity sports um, right. uh, at, at Hobart. So all of that was because of the culture, community, and uh, academic excellence that was provided through the boarding school. So it really sets the kids up for success. I mean, that's one thing I've noticed is it seems like the boarding school is like a whole school experience. There's clubs, there's sports, it seems like. And because they're there all the time, they really get to know my daughter and who she is and pull those out and, and prepare. And I think that's what y'all seen. And so this is, so we're talking about the parents' side, but I, I for, for Eric and for Francis, the men, how do you think that boarding schools, what is the impact on military families on boarding schools? Are, do boarding schools want these military kids? What do you think? You know what? That's a great question. You know, no one can argue or, or very few can argue about the benefits, right, for the military family of sending their kids to a border school. We just talked about it, the stability, the, the, the academics, the, the sense of family mm-hmm. and community. But right. what's often not necessarily overlooked but not considered enough is the positive impact that that military child and his or her family have on that academic community, on the boarding right. school community. So right. look, military families really are marked by the duty, honor, and country. And that extends down from mom and dad down to the kids, right? These kids mm-hmm. have respect. They have resilience. They have perseverance. They have this sense of, we have to move again. I'm just going to roll with it. This is what we right. do. 
but we do mm -hmm. it for the right reason. We do it for love of country and love of the flag, right? The kids that typically attend the boarding schools would not otherwise have been exposed, right, to right. what a life of selfless yeah. service looks like until mm -hmm. they met the military family and became, frankly, good friends, right? Um, right. So there's, through osmosis, through exposure, there is this positive residual unintended second order effect of what's good for the military child is exponentially even better for the school community. The other thing I want to add, if, you know, if St. George's is a model, and I think it, it will be for some of the, you know, there's been several other mm -hmm. schools that have committed to the program. What Eric did, Lisa had mentioned that we were the co-chairs of the parents committee at St. George's. Again, that was Eric and Krista's vision. They embraced it. It wasn't just like, yeah, we support the military a little bit. Right. They had us leave the parents committee, right, and had a, you know, had had a, had a voice, a platform for us to to articulate our opinions. But more importantly, it's this: it's that Eric and Krista recognized, and I know all the other boarding schools will as well. Look, there's a resource in this military family. Any kids right. that are at that boarding school that are considering going to a service academy or mm -hmm. to ROTC. There is a built-in mentor now for that child. Mm -hmm. At St. George's, I mentored a number of kids. We've had several over to the house when we lived on the base over in Newport. They give them a tour of the base. They give them right. a tour of military housing. Eric and Krista invited me as the military member to speak on numerous Veterans Day events. So I spoke to faculty, staff, and the student body. Lisa, she'll never tell you, but I mean, she, she made herself available on that campus every day possible, right? It's awesome. From being a team mom to providing volunteer support in any way that she could. So there's a terrific aspect that is often understated or, you know, not spotlighted enough. And that is, hey, look, this, this is a two-way street. This is not only a good deal for the military family, it's an even better deal for the boarding school. And why we're so excited is that those boarding schools that we have contacted and have subscribed, right, in principle to the program, recognize that too. They can't wait to get these kind of kids onto their campus. Part of what helped fuel the launch of Orion and, and the prototype program that we ran prior to it was a sense that, as you were talking about with the, the preconceived notions around boarding schools, there was a time when boarding schools were intentionally kind of cloistered communities for a particular subset of society. Right. But in the hundred years since that era, boarding schools became what I called intentional communities. Meaning you are like deliberately bringing together talented, differentiated, diverse families and students to build a kind of idealized mix on the campus. Right. So you've got students with international backgrounds, boys, right. girls, racial, ethnic, religious diversity. So where it was once a very homogenous model, it moved to becoming a much more heterogeneous model. And the idea there is to bring together all of these talented uh, students and an incredibly talented group of faculty and school leaders. Well, as in pursuit of that, schools have long sought to tap into different demographics that would not otherwise come to a boarding school, meaning like not kind of wealthy East Coast families. It's not that those are excluded, but that the vision and the reach has gotten so much broader and so much more interesting than just that. With that in mind, what we saw early on was the potential to reach into a subset market, military families, that would not normally consider boarding schools. That might not even know anything about boarding schools, much less consider it. And those students would bring to schools 
global experiences, service-minded, the sense of devotion to a core mission and higher purpose, willingness to get involved quickly, willingness to sort of put themselves out there to make friends and make connections. Resiliency. Resilience, you know, grit. Those are all qualities that every boarding school in America is dying to have students that possess. And so it became this kind of natural alignment between what's good for schools, what's really good for military families and for their kids. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally an opportunity to align great schools, talented kids and deserving families. And that's what we're trying to, to bring. And those kids do bring all of that to the schools and right. they make the experience of their classmates better. Mm-hmm. So they get a good experience and right. they elevate the experience of the classmates around them. And so you really do get this kind of positive feedback loop for all parties involved. And Eric, you and I just met right before this call. I've not met you before. I know nothing <laughs> about your school other than researching for this. And my daughter goes to a totally different boarding school. But you're saying almost on point what her boarding school told us. And her boarding school isn't one of the ones that y'all work with at this point. So I think yeah. across the board, a lot of these boarding schools, that's what they told us. They say, we have very limited number and they're not so much about the income because they have endowments. It's right. more about the quality of the child. And they were like, we love military kids because of the discipline, the resilience, everything that you're saying is exactly, I mean, they really got to where they started recruiting my daughter because that's the kind of kid they wanted. So if this sounds good to somebody out there, I think there's a, you know, it is worth looking at and I think they'll take care of those kids. And you were the president, I mean, you were the headmaster of a boarding school. You were hearing it from somebody who's there. So I hope everybody's listening and really taking note that there are some great opportunities and they, and they do, they want our kids there and they're not pushing aside or, oh, you're military, oh, you're this or that. They really look for those things that you're talking about, those character traits. They want to to embrace those kids. Mm -hmm. So real quick, we have a few more things to go through because we're talking about this. And and I mentioned my daughter goes to a boarding school that isn't a part of the ones that y'all work with right now, but y'all are also brand new. I have a feeling someday in time that'll happen. So you mentioned on your website, and I hope everybody checks out your website, but you mentioned eligible students and select boarding schools. Krista, can you kind of address what eligible students mean and what select boarding schools? So somebody doesn't just see that and think, oh, that's not us. Sure. The only real requirement for somebody to apply for one of our scholarships is that one of their parents is an active military duty personnel. So beyond that, we currently have, I think, about roughly a dozen dozen schools that Mm -hmm. are part of our coalition. And we were very careful and very specific in the schools that we reached out to initially. Obviously, since Eric and I have been in education for 30 years, we know a lot of the school leaders. And so we wanted to have schools where we respected the mission Mm -hmm. and we respected the leadership. We know these school cultures and they're healthy places. And so we also picked schools across the country. So we have a school in California, we Mm -hmm. have a school in Colorado, we have a school in Alexandria, Virginia, a couple mid-Atlantic, and then some in the Northeast. We also chose a range of schools. So some are more Mm -hmm. competitive, more rigorous, academic are ones that offer a lot of academic support because there are kids that have learning profiles that are gonna need additional support. So there are a range of options for these families. 
All of the schools that we chose also are within an hour or an hour and a half um, from a military base. Good. So we will have a sponsor or a supporter for each of our Orion scholars, somebody that is either maybe a retired military person or a spouse that would have the time. So if there's something to do with, you know, if they they lose a passport or if they Mm -hmm. need to get to base for an ID or medication or something like that, there will be a point person as well as the four of us. So that, that was you know, the other sort of important piece when we were selecting the schools. And the process will be the families or the student will apply for a scholarship. And Mm -hmm. that application will really mirror the sort of the common application that these boarding schools use. So we're not going to ask them to have to fill out two applications. They may have to do some supplemental questions. And once we've accepted them, then we will say, we think these three schools are a good match based on your interests, your grades. And we will help the kids. We will prepare them for the interview process. I mean, I have interviewed thousands of kids. And so- And then we'll get their feedback and um, take them through the process all the way through the second visit programs, which is offered to all of the accepted students until they make their final decision. A few things you said there that a mom of a boarding school, number one, having a sponsor somewhere close. My daughter is very, very far away from where I am. And there is no one. And being military, I'm used to somebody being close and she's not close to a military community. And that is an amazing benefit of Orion because that there are times that I just wish there was somebody an hour away that could just pick her up and do whatever. So that's an amazing benefit of this. Uh, the other thing is, I don't know, I didn't realize when we got into the process, that there is a pretty big process getting into boarding school. There's tests, there's interviews, there's all that that a lot of people probably don't realize going to public school, you just go. So if you are interested in boarding school, it is good to start early as you're going. And the interview process that Chris is talking about is really important. And that's where my daughter didn't get in her first try. And she almost feels it was that interview because she'd never interviewed to go to school. She was in the eighth grade. She's like, what is this? Why am I talking to this adult? So, and that's where I think, Chris, what y'all are offering to military families really can make a difference on getting accepted into the school, but also finding out what school fits with their child. Because I just knew about the one, that's where my daughter went. We were like, where else did you apply? And it was like, we didn't know of any others. It was so new. So on that note, Eric, I have for you, like my daughter got funding through the school. They like the military and a lot of boarding schools do have funding available. But sometimes scholarships and people that are used to scholarships, it pays for some things and not for other. Can you cover a little bit about what Ryan covers and what a military family might look at for out-of-pocket costs? Sure. The goal for Orion and the scholarships is to provide is, is to essentially cover the full need, you know, the full fees and tuition for the schools. Families would likely be asked to contribute to the annual fund of the school to whatever level they were capable, which is a, a kind of a, a common practice among boarding school families and students. Um, and probably for some modest you know, books, perhaps a computer, although ideally we'd be able to fund that too. It would be a, a relatively modest and manageable out-of-pocket expense for the families. We do also have some schools in the consortium of schools that we've been in touch with who have said that even if Orion isn't able to fully fund a particular scholarship, they likely mm-hmm. would. Because of the association with Orion, it's really nice to know that some of the schools would use their own financial aid budgets to support those kids 
if they came with the Orion endorsement and support. That's good news. If people want to know more, say they've gotten really interested, this is awesome. Where do they start? So the best place to start is at the website, which is www.orionmilitary.org. There's an overview of the program. There's bios. There's a contact information form. That's probably the best and easiest place for folks to Mm -hmm. start. The email address, yeah, it's information at orionmilitary.org. And the website is just www.orionmilitary.org. And like Eric said, it's it's a simple website. It's easy to negotiate, but it has all the necessary information, including a sort of calendar of where we're going to expect applications to um, okay. come in and when decisions will be made for that first cohort of students that we hope to select. But I also would like to mention our social media channels and uh, we have an Instagram account, and it's at Orion Military Scholarships. We have a Facebook page, also Orion Military Scholarships. We have a LinkedIn profile that's under Orion Military Scholarship Fund, Inc. And we have a Twitter handle that's at Orion underscore military. And I'd also like to mention, I know, Tina, you read, I wrote a Stars and Stripes piece about our experience with boarding schools, and that was back in April of 2019, about a month after we incorporated and became a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. That article is an April article. It's on my blog, www.themeatandpotatoesoflife.com. And if you look back in April, that article is, is posted there, um, along with a picture of, of my daughter on her first day entering the school. So there are a lot of, lot of places you can go for, for info, but I would start there especially with our website, and then we have links to all of our social media channels. So now that we're talking about all this cool stuff, I mean, we're talking about doing all this funding for military kids. What if people out there actually, they're like, man, I want to help? What can they do to help you help our military kids? Oh, well, thanks for asking, Tina. You know, there's, there's a variety of things that individuals can do. You know, first, of course, is donate. But look, mm-hmm. I know the audience base probably listening here, if, if they're military families, they don't have a lot of cash lying around, right? right. So we'll, we recognize that. There's the option to donate, and there's a link, as you would expect, off of our, our page. But as important as fundraising is friend raising, right? Okay. Shout it out from the mountaintop. Tell those that you think would be interested in this as well. Thank, thank goodness for MSEC and your willingness to, to you know, serve mm-hmm. as a platform for us. But it's really only through this grassroots exposure of the Orion message will we be, become in contact over time with more and more persons or foundations that would be in a position to support on the practical right. side of things in order to make this happen. So really, share information about the Orion message. Military spouses are pretty good about getting the word out, too. So, yeah. <laughs> so we just need to get it through our little networks of military yeah. spouses all over the world because we're pretty connected. And the last thing, because we're kind of wrapping it up here, I appreciate your time. Do you have any great stories or anything that you can think of that you'd like to share that would connect with our audience? Yeah, I've got one for you. We have a son as well. And when we moved to Rhode Island, he I, I told you he was in an international baccalaureate program that he couldn't continue here. They just didn't have a program there. So he'd invested all this time into that. And again, we didn't know about boarding schools, but then our eyes were opened because of our daughter being offered this scholarship to St. George's. So we thought, well, maybe he could spend a year, his last year, his senior year at a boarding school. And there was another boarding school. We did, He didn't get a military scholarship, but It was just one year and they offered us some financial aid. So we were able to afford it just for that one year. 
sort of scraped together our resources and said, let's do this to him. And because our eyes were open to the possibilities, so we did. Fast forward 10 months later, I'm sitting in the chair at graduation, holding my camera up and I'm listening to the names being called alphabetically. And I'm waiting for it to get to Molinari. And as I'm doing this, I'm watching all these kids walk up that had been together for four years and they were hugging each other. They're hugging their faculty members and they're, I just saw so much closeness and camaraderie. And I thought, what is wrong with us? We are terrible parents. Our kid moved three times and then we stick him in this boarding school where nobody knows him. They don't understand him. He, you know, they're, they're from privileged families. They don't, they don't understand his way of life. And I just thought we're, we're awful. This fear was building up in me. And then they call Hayden Molinari and he stands up in his disheveled way and he goes to walk to the, to the, up to get his diploma. And not only did all of the students jump up, but all of the faculty and staff stood as well. And they applauded him like no other student and it was it was tears were squirting like squirt guns out of my eyes I had it was the most fulfilling moment as a mom ever and and I realized in that moment that he made a huge impact on that school and it was the right. best year of his life at, at that point it was absolutely the best he would tell you that in a heartbeat that year at that boarding school was the best year of his life and they knew him and they appreciated him. So that's the little story I wanted to leave you with because I know military moms and dads would appreciate that. <laughs> Definitely. I, I just have one one comment, Tina. It's not necessarily a, a story, but I can share with you that no one was more nervous or anxious or apprehensive than, than me, than I was, about sending Anna, our middle one, and then the second one as well, to a boarding school. Just because of all the you know, the reputation and the, you know, associated with it. And also because we're a military family. It's not that as a military family, we are, have a tighter knit than other families, but we've been through things together as a family that most other families haven't. Moves are one of them. Other right. ones are a parental figure, mom or dad, or in placed in stressful situations in the defense of this country, right? There's real mm -hmm. danger involved. There's a bond that really can't be matched somewhere else. It can't be experienced right. somewhere else. And for that reason, at least the Molinari family, and I suspect many other military families, are reluctant to let go, right? But my message is yeah. you're not letting go. Go back to what I said. These schools want military kids. They have set up structures, or structures will be in place by, the, by our first cohort to support the military families. They, they embrace them. The last thing, though, which is neat, is we're going to have, for lack of a better term right now, a boot camp for both the kids and the moms and dads. So for our first cohort, before they go off to boarding school, the four of us are going to host an Orion boot camp for a couple of days of here's what you can expect. Here's how you best prepare. We will be highlighting the good about all of it. But moms, right. surely we'll have questions, a lot of questions, right? right? Yeah. So that is the venue to answer those questions. But at the end of the day, the message is to, to military moms and dads, it will be okay. It will be better than okay. So it's really an experience of a lifetime for not only your son or daughter, but for your whole family. And that's the voice of experience. Fueling the mission of Orion, is the chance to help transform really talented kids 
in the best ways possible, and then to send them out into the world as their own agents of service and transformation. And if you love to teach and and you love schools and you love kids, as all of us in the leadership team do, it's a great privilege and an honor to be able to reciprocate, particularly for military families, the service and the sacrifice that they're making by providing these kind of opportunities for their children. We're grateful to you for having us on, and we're grateful for the opportunity to serve military families. Just to say thanks, thanks for the opportunity. For thank you, Tara. Thank you, thank Tina. You. Oh, thank you so much. And I believe your information will be in our show notes. And to all of our listeners, thank you for joining us. Please like, rate, and review this podcast. Also be sure to follow us so that you can listen to our podcast first and get exclusive access to special episodes. Please reach out to us with comments, questions, and with topics you'd like to hear discussed in future podcasts. And also please check out Orion Military Scholarships. Google that, find them in all social media channels. And thank you for listening and join us again next week. Have a great day. I want to thank you again for listening to our podcast for the sake of the child. We would like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the MSEC on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.